Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Explorative Podcast. Welcome to the 46th episode of the Explominate Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and joining me tonight are Ben and Drexy. Welcome back to the show, Ben. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Uh, it's going well, Ben. Glad <laughs> to have you here. <laughs> Glad to get the gang back. And Drexy, what's up, what's up buddy? What's up, Rob? Uh, you know, I'm, I don't know why we're saying my name like that, but... Because <laughs> yeah, that's how you introduce yourself. That's how you Did say I it. Really? Yeah. If I was to write it down, it would be R A H H H H H P. Wow, I didn't realize I'm your host Rob happened. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't care. I like it, and that's how I'm going to start to announce myself every time now. I think you should. Yeah, so it's a thing. And we're here today because we're going to talk about games, Forex games, strategy games, Overwatch 2. I don't know. Whatever it is that really floats our boat here. There's been a lot that's been going on in the Forex world actually recently. And today, I think today, right? The folks at Slytherin and VR Designs announced Shadow Empire, what is it, like Oceans or something like that? Yes, it was the uh, the first DLC that, they're, that they've announced, I guess, for the game. Uh, everything else has just been like free content updates so far and just patching and Vic just adding stuff for free. I have yet to say whether it's a paid DLC or not. I I assume it's going to be because of the way that they've announced it. But this is the Oceana DLC, basically, and it adds Earth-like ocean worlds with continents where, for those who don't know, before Shadow Empire was mostly land-based maps. And I'm really excited. I know it sounds like something that, you know, you would expect in a Forex game, in a terrestrial Forex game anyway, but consider that the way that Vic programs it he actually makes it so that it's as realistic as possible so every time he makes a new planet type i think it's quite a lot of work in order to you know to get the planet generating realistic planets so uh, i'm really really excited it looks really cool but what happens if you make a world that's very dry and doesn't have water does it mean the dlc is basically useless well yeah but i mean there are so the way that shadow empire map generation works is there is an option just to do a completely randomized planet but that's just one of many options. So what you could, there, there are these planet classes and he, this new DLC is adding a bunch of uh, new planet classes. I think it's four uh, or four or five. And each one of them will be, mo- you know, like will be a planet that has more water, essentially, you know, it is a water-based planet rather than a land-based planet with 
with small masses of water on it, which is what we've had so far. So these it will add like four templates for planets within which it will then generate water-based planets. One of them he's, he describes as being like creating a sort of archipelago kind of map, I suppose, where it's more like the Pacific Ocean, where you've got vast tracts of ocean with just very small islands. And then others are more like Earth-like ones where, you know, you it, it kind of generates a few continents and then a few and then some islands dotted around the continents, which is what you would expect from, you know, a planet Earth style. I think it's the Gaia class, that one. I've always wanted to really dive deep into Shadow Empire, and I haven't ever done that. And I keep telling myself that I'm going to go back to it and do it, and I just haven't because there's been so many games. And I feel the need to keep up with the games, but I also feel a desire to just, like, enjoy the new hotness. So I just I haven't really been able to come back to it. I've actually started playing it a little bit. That's Tactic is a really, like, simplified guide. To help uh, new players get into Shadow Empires, it's like, I think it's only like a 45 minute long video and stuff. And he's like, basically, you know, just not min-maxing and stuff, just sort of getting you into the game and actually getting you to enjoy the game without flooding you with a ton of uh, min-maxing information and stuff like that. So yeah, if anyone's interested, check it out. It's really good. I'm enjoying it so far. You know, it's really, really difficult to do that with a complex game, to teach somebody how to play it in a short space of time without kind of getting into the details. And I think Daz is really, really good at that. He made a really good job of that Dominions in one sitting game that he did that time. And I think that if he can get more people playing Shadow Empire, then that's great because it's already been a relatively successful game. It might be a little bit too complex to be a mainstream game, I think. But still, uh, there's a guy on my Discord channel. In fact, Marlo, you know Marlo from Explominate. So Marlo um, has started playing this and it's he's been trying to get into the game for ages. And watching that video of Dazza's, I believe, is kind of just like giving him that kick he needed. And he said to me today, ah, it's, it's starting to click. I actually took my first enemy zone today and I just it felt really good. So... Yes, I have my own Discord. So <laughs> it's very, very small. It's only there's only about ten of us on there. It was I made it just for people who play multiplayer games with yeah. me. So I've got Drexy's Love Nest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So it's not. I know. I I'll have to invite you, Rob. I'm sorry, I didn't. It, it's only because you haven't played Dominions with us. Basically, it was a Dominion server. Really, look at. I can see him getting upset now behind the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I was just surprised. I'm like, wait, you have your own separate Discord? And I will, I've never been invited, but I guess it's because I'm not a multiplayer guy, but I get it. I, I would still like to go in there and just talk shit, though. I'll so. invite you, mate. No worries. Excellent. Great. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just, like I said, I've been kind of like waiting, biding my time to get the opportunity to, I mean, it's a game that I think I really could like, you know, like there's a lot of depth to it and a lot of like nuanced stuff that I just, you know, you wouldn't expect from a game like that. And of course, combat being the focus but more importantly, I think there's like a lot of infrastructure stuff that you just I didn't really realize was as important it is as it is. And it just it seems like the kind of game that like like Distant Worlds was where the you know, the more time you give it, the more you can love it. And I, I really want to do that. I want a game like that. Well, I remember the last time we spoke about this, you told me that you'd got into it and you were like, I get it now. I remember you saying something like, yeah, I get it. I understand why it is that people, you know people are really into this so i think it's one of those games just takes time and you've you've got to you've just got to play it a little bit but um when i say a little bit i mean like i think it takes a dozen hours before you it really clicks which is often a little bit too long for most people and i i think in a busy world people don't want to be spending 12 hours before you you know they're sure that they're going to be grabbed by a game so it's just yeah i think that's war games 
in general. It's it's really a, an artifact of its war game heritage in that sense because it, it's taken me a, quite a long time to get into most of the war games that I play as well in that respect because they, they're often quite complex. You know, speaking of Distant Worlds, have either of you checked in with Distant Worlds 2 in a while? Nope. No. I've, I've been keeping an eye on the updates. No, I've just been waiting, yeah, until, you know, more content's in and it's a bit more refined. I don't mind waiting. I bought the first game and waited for a couple of DLCs before I, you know, actually started to get into it. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I like Distant Worlds too. I think it's a good game as it is. Um, I, you know, I know the community are kind of mixed on it, but people seem to be warming to it. There, you know, there's much more positive reviews on the Steam and that now. So I think they must have tidied up the base game in a big way. Obviously, it's going to be a matter of bringing over people who were a little bit disappointed with the amount of content, you know, that uh, from the players from Distant Worlds Universe who probably missed some of the stuff from Distant Worlds, yeah, from that original game and the new one. Yeah, the lack of um, different races really is the one one of the main things that are bothering me. It's kind of hard to, you know, when you had so much choice in the original game after, you know, years and years, and now to come, what is it like? seven or eight or something like that i can't remember yeah there's not much choice really haven't they announced something's coming soon i can't remember whether it was announced officially or whether it's just some rumor that's going around basically but there is something there is new content coming for distant worlds too soon because they've basically finished the main the main kind of spate of frantic bug patching and you know what they had real problems with that game engine as well i think and i think it's they've actually finally got on top of the game engine they've like they've they've had they've brought specialists in to deal with this situation they've got it under control and i understand the game engine well the last time i tested it and bearing in mind that i was one of the guys who was really badly affected by the by the performance drops that you were getting in the game and this kind of strange frame rate drop that was just happening that seems to have cleared up now they seem to have fixed it so it obviously was you know an engine issue at least i think it was an engine issue it seemed to be so if they've got that fixed and they've you know they've started addressing some of the main complaints that people have got about the base game that's good and i think they're still you know they're still trying to polish up little bits here and there um but yeah i think it's probably i think it's about time for them to start at least announcing some new some new content because i mean you know they they i i must assume that they are working on new stuff now as well as doing the book book fixing i don't i don't think there's been anything official i think the the rumors kind of started with daz tactic actually I guess on some of his streams, he's been talking about how there was like new content in the works. I, I don't know anything of it. And quite frankly, I've done as much digging as I can and I don't see any word of it whatsoever. So he must be in the know. He must be breaking some sort of NDA. I don't know. Like he does that for some reason. And it's fine. I mean, I have no problem with it, but for some reason, Daz can always get away with breaking NDA. So I think that's what it is, is that he's just got some inside knowledge on it. But there's no official word. There's no rumors on any of their forums. There's nothing. So I think that it would be a good idea to start moving forward with some custom, not custom, some DLC. Because I think what a lot of people want to see is the like some of the old races returning. And I think that if you start adding races like that and then working on like a full expansion in the meantime, and because the, the, the race stuff could be done by their art team and that could just, you know, start infusing some more cash into the the coffers there and then as they're working on the expansion you know start to you know because i think that could be done separately 
Yeah, I think that people will be missing the pirate stuff as well. I thought that was some of the best content of Distant Worlds Universe. You know, the this extended kind of extra game that you got essentially where you were playing as pirates and it played completely differently. Um, you know, that's something that they might address in the future or they might do something new with it. But yeah, just stuff like that, I think will will really kind of bring bring the old players back into the game and get them excited about it again. Yeah, I'd rather not pay for races though, like Stellaris, which I guess we can start talking about. Uh, although I haven't played it yet, but Stellaris has uh, released an open beta for 3.6. Has uh, any of you had a chance to check it out? I read the notes and I'm intrigued because I like the idea of what they're doing with... I mean, A, first of all, it seems like they're they're doing more than just doing like a combat overhaul or a rethink. It sounds like they're like just really kind of looking at a lot of things and the notes themselves are a lot longer than I expected too. But yeah, 3.6 will be called Orion and the main focus of it is to be like this new combat system. I mean, as, as they've even put it, they can't really do too much, right? They're not going to like completely overhaul it because they want to, they don't want to make new assets or anything, but with the existing assets, they want to have more distinguishable roles with the ships and like I said, the things I've read looks really good, and it makes me want to get in just to see if it's if the combat itself is better. Yeah, they've sort of added the frigate class as well, which is between destroyers and corvettes. But they've changed the way the whole ascension perks work now, um, and it's also tied to your uh, race as well. Have you seen that part of it? Yeah, that was the cool part too. Like I said, they were adding they they've they've touched on way more than just combat and the way that the ascension perks were now that will actually moving forward will be assigned just like like i said a lot of them are really cool i think that these are things that can make each playthrough much more asymmetric and also just each of the types of races really more asymmetric and anything for asymmetry is you know of course something i'm gonna really enjoy but i i just i really dig the fact that they're willing to seriously shake up a game that's now what six years old almost seven years old to make it more fun and i think that the the direction they're taking it seems like it could be more fun so i really i, w- I want to check it out really badly yeah our um our compatriot explominate jesse has been playing and he's absolutely hooked on it i think he's talked about almost nothing but that's for a couple of months now or maybe a month or so um and he you know he likes good games so i think stellaris must be in a really good place at the moment and i'm I want to get back into it. I want to give it another go because I think if they can do something with the combat, that was my main gripe about the game, to be honest. I felt the combat just a little bit too weak and just the general war situation simulation in general. So if they can fix that and give me an excuse to kind of dive into all that wonderful fluffy stuff that Stellaris is full of, then yeah, that's going to be great. So, And it'd be nice as well because I got about 20, 30 hours out of Solaris when I bought it and then never really went back to it. Apart from dutifully buying the DLCs every now and again, playing it for, you know, two or three hours and then going, meh, you know, it's kind of the same. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I kind of want to re- return on my investment. <laughs> That's the way I'm looking at it now. Sounds like me with Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's another game I want to get into too. Uh, because that, uh, with Immortal Empires, I've seen. I, I'm getting. I think it's because of you, Ben. Because I get a lot of recommendations for Immortal Empire videos, and you must be watching Immortal Empire videos or something. Because I start to click on them, and then I'm like, oh my god, this game looks really rad right now. And it feels like it sounds like the Creative Assembly has finally fixed some of the like 
launch issues for Warhammer three and with the Mortal Empires, the game is kind of really coming to it's like it's apex, right? And I really want to check it out as a result because I think I don't know. I, even though the turns I'm sure will be long and the games will never probably get finished, I want to try it to see just how cool it is to finally be able to duke it out with like every Warhammer faction. So that's something I'm also looking forward to eventually diving into. Yeah, I think Warhammer Immortal Empires is in a really, really good place at the moment. It's not perfect and people are starting to pick faults in it in various places. But um, you don't have to worry about the turn times. The turn times are really fast like relatively fast considering you're playing you know with 180 factions whatever it is at the start of the game it's pretty damn quick and you can finish i've actually finished games in this one now because i never finished them in any of the previous titles they were the campaigns were just too long in this one they've made the campaign short campaigns for example much more achievable you can complete them in a couple of sittings so if that's you if that's what you know if that's one of the things that's holding people back don't let it now Immortal Empires is really, really good, and and the base game Total War Warhammer Three is pretty good too. They uh, they 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 plugged a lot of holes, I think, in the campaign. Some of the stuff that was really making it kind of grindy and annoying, and but I think if you're really into the sandbox experience, which is what most people want out of Total War, then definitely go for Immortal Empires. It's it's one of those things where they 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 know the factions so well now that even the 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 different starting positions they've they've made sure that each race has got a as much as possible has got like a, an interesting start position for all the different characters you know all the different legendary lords so they put certain ones in weird places so that you can fight you know against nation uh, against races that you wouldn't normally fight against before so they've like thrown grom brindle you know the uh the white dwarf right up near nagaroth near the um uh near malekith the dark elves so he's like you get to fight like corn and um the dark elves right at the start which is before the dwarves were kind of grindy to play because you just had to you know spend 20 30 40 50 turns fighting nothing but green skins so now they've just really opened up the game and it's just loads better i think uh it's got some ways to go still but as far as bugs and that's concerned it's pretty good i don't think I'd, i've not had anything game breaking for a long long time in that game so yeah, no, I've like I said, I've I've seen a lot of the videos, and then there's one video in particular that came out with that they had that the uh, I don't remember his name, God, but he's got basically he was kind of like a a naysayer really, and, I, and he even admits so that he was, you know, very concerned about Warhammer three, and now he's like he's got an hour long video about why Warhammer. Oh 3 is, yeah, I think I watched that as well. Yeah, yeah, basically saying like why Warhammer three is now like the best Total War game ever, and why it's it's a game that every every strategy game player should play. And I was just like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> I've got to play this game. Yeah, it's good. I, I think that, you know, there's always going to be that divide between the historical war, uh, Total War fans and the and the fantasy ones. And Warhammer's kind of, I think for a while it was, a, it was a very specific kind of Total War game. And I think a lot of people didn't even really recognize it as a Total War game. I think Immortal Empires has taken it more in that direction, but it's way more asymmetric than any of the other games in the series just through the virtue of you having these different races with completely different units. And now they've got all, most of them, even all the legendary Lords have all got their own campaign mechanics. So, you know, uh, it's, it's just loads better. I think there are always going to be people who say that medieval two is going to be the best or Shogun two is going to be the best. And that's fair enough. You know, the historical games are really, really good and they're a very, very different experience. But Warhammer, in my opinion is at least Immortal empires is the best total war game now just for sheer diversity of gameplay that you get out of it 
yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited about trying it and getting into it. I, I, I mean, I, I played a little bit as the game came out, and I think I just was feeling a little I, like Warhammer 2 is so good. And it was just right as Warhammer 3 was about to come out, I think you, Ben, convinced me to get into Warhammer 2. So I started giving it a shot, and I was like, damn, like this is a really good game. And then when Warhammer 3 came out, I was overwhelmed by how negative the response was that I kind of let it affect my own feelings on it, even though I didn't really you know, feel any of those things. I just, you know, sometimes when a response to a game is so overwhelmingly negative for whatever reason, be it, you know, legitimate or not, you kind of lose your interest in it, at least for me. Maybe I'm just easily swayed, but that that was the case. You know, I started seeing all these complaints about it and I was like, man, maybe I'll just wait. I'll wait until, until Warhammer 3 is good. And then even funny enough, I just, I got into the beta for Immortal Empires and the turn times were still not, addressed even though they were much better than the original turn times for mortal empires for total total warhammer 2 they were still kind of rough and so i i i just i i was just not really impressed and i didn't give it the chance that it could you know that i needed to give it and now i'm i'm just you know i'm eager to get back into it i want to try it i'm gonna play it i want to play me some warhammer 3 I would say with you, man, like I did exactly the same thing. Like I was, I was just starting university when um, Total War Warhammer 2 came out. And I think I remember buying like the, oh, which one was it? I think it was the uh, Vampire Coast DLC. And I remember buying it and thinking, oh, I'm not going to be able to play this because I'm so busy. And sh- sure enough, I didn't really touch any of Warhammer 2 right until Warhammer 3 was announced. And then all of a sudden I was like, damn, I need to play Mortal Empires because I barely touched it. And then I got so into it. And that's when I was kind of like trying to get you to play it as well because I was like, man, you got to play this game. It's so good. So yeah, I don't know. Like I'm not playing Warhammer 3 at the moment. I'm like, but here's, here's an encouraging thing for Creative Assembly and for everyone you know who was maybe put off by those initial negative reviews. At one point, right, there was only about three or four thousand people playing the game, which is absolutely shocking for a Total War game. Like that's like Thrones of Britannia kind of level. Well, <laughs> maybe not that bad, but it, it was pretty bad. And now, like I'm looking at Steam now, and we've got uh, nearly twenty four thousand people playing, which is much more healthy, you know. And it wasn't the five hundred thousand or whatever it was when you know the game released, however many it was, but still, it's pretty impressive. There's it, there's a, it's got the player base back for the most part, I think. So. Um, yeah good times for good times for warhammer i think yeah and speaking of which there's more to talk about too and the big thing coming up recently or soon i should say is victoria 3 and i have been playing that and i was trying to get together a group much okay so first of all i want to say something i'm i'm good digart i'm going to digress here for a second because i think that it's worth mentioning and worth kind of paying attention to the fact that the the site, the podcast, the YouTube channel, they're all doing exceptionally well. And, you know, a lot of that's due to the fact that there was a lot of Terra Invicta hype. And also just because a lot of things are coming out at the same time. Like Sean did a fantastic, he started a fantastic series on a Phoenix Point tear from, wait, no, yeah, tear from the void. That's what it is. And he, that's a, like a huge mod for, the Phoenix Point game, and it's basically like what there's they're billing it as the Long War mod for Phoenix Point or something to that similar effect, right? The the kind of the kind of scope of it is similar to it, and he started a series for that, and it's doing extraordinarily well. And then I put the podcast interview that we did with Perun Gaming AU and Tortuga Power and Havoc on the internet and on the YouTube's, and it did really well too. And the site itself is seeing numbers that we haven't seen since I don't even remember. 
Uh, right now we're on track for 15,000 unique users in October, which is, that's, that's the kind of stuff that we would see back in our height. So I'm just really excited to see how well things are going. And also the podcast itself is being, I mean, like regularly seeing 6,000 people download it, which I, you know, I know that there's billions of people on this planet, but 6,000 people choose to listen to our podcast almost every episode. And I think that's pretty awesome. And then this last one, this great, this podcast that we did with the the guys that I was just talking about, that that's already at 15,000. And so I just, I wanted to kind of take a moment to, I don't know if any of our group listens to this, but you know, I just think that we're doing a great job and I'm really happy to see that a, it feels manageable and B that we're like really resurging well. And it's partially because we're, we're putting in a new effort, but also because the timing is really, really perfect too. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm hoping that we can continue this pace. Like it feels manageable. It feels like we can continue it forever. Really. It's, it's not really too taxing and we've got the funds. So I just wanted to say, I like it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I think that one of the big things with the site was just being able to being able to pay people to do stuff and getting more people writing. And it's just, at least as far as the site is concerned, I think it's injected some enthusiasm back into it. And, you know, it's kind of showing in the stuff that we're getting, we're managing to get out. And the podcast is just doing really well. And I'm a mate, like I, I logged onto the YouTube uh, creator site uh, the other day to upload some stuff for Imperiums. And I was amazed at how many subscribers we've got in the last month. I think we got like 500 or something, which is, we've not seen numbers like that for ages. Um, so the channel's really doing well at the moment. Like, you know, the YouTube channel's doing well, the podcasts are doing well, and the site seems to be doing really well. So there just seems to be a bit of a, an, an injection of enthusiasm all around, just not only from the staff and the contributors, but also from people who are supporting it. So yeah, we should say thank you to everybody who um, helped us out with money when, you know, when things were looking a bit bleak, because that cash injection has really, really helped things big time like you have no idea like how much that has really helped us all because i think it when you've you know when you've got kind of you know it's that was a very solid way of us realizing how much people like what we do and you know in when people i know it sounds it sounds kind of crass but you know like if you if people start throwing money at you and say please carry on there is no bigger praise really i don't think so you know it's it was just nice to know that people cared and I think, you know, it's often very, very easy when you're on these big projects to kind of forget about that. And, oh, you know, we've got to get these things out and it starts feeling like work and you're not being paid for it and that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, when somebody's saying, hey, no, we want you to carry on. We really like what you do. I get comments all the time, you know, like when I'm doing my rounds on the Internet and various things like, oh, your battle mode from Explorminate. And it's people just love it. And it's really, really cool. I don't I don't know why. Like, why would anyone listen to my fucking voice? <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, the same thing. No, exactly. it's, it's, <laughs> it is cool. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I think you, you nailed it on the head, right? Really. It's like, it's like, there was a moment there where I think we all kind of figured, I, I think we all kind of got to the point where we weren't sure that we were appreciated and that our hard work was falling on deaf ears and we, we were all sort of in the, in the dumps really. And with the GoFundMe, I know it sounds strange and I know it sounds almost a bit too like, you know, uh, materialist or whatever, but, or even, you know, capitalist, but you know, when someone starts to come at us with money and say, Hey, like, here's my hard earned money. I want you to have it because I like what you do. And I want you to continue doing what you do. It really has lit a fire up under a lot of us. And I mean, like people, I mean, 
the people that we, we were kind of losing there have, have started to come back around. We've got brand new writers that are starting to kind of like get formed into, you know, really decent contributors. And I think that it just, it really, it makes me really proud of what we've done. And, you know, for the last, I don't know, three, four, four years, I don't remember how long it's been, but since I retook the reins and, you know, I've brought the two of you guys on and, and brought on Sean and, brought on like our core group now of Omar and Jesse and some of those other guys, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a really kind of like rocky path, really. We've, we've dealt with a lot of things. We've dealt with the pandemic and we've dealt with, you know, just a lot of hard times and we've come through it. And now we're, I feel like we're on the other side of this and we're all just really excited to still be here. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm excited to contribute still. And I love making videos and, I'm finally wrapping up my Galactic Civilizations 4 review, which, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and give you a spoiler. It's It's been hard for me to write because I just haven't been able to find the passion in playing the game. So that that should say something about where the review is headed. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it's really fun to have finally found our footing again and to see so much working in our favor. And our curator page, which is something that I don't really pay attention to that much, but I've started getting offers from for games based solely on the fact that our curator page is in the top five percent now i think it was so we're in the top five percent of all steam curators which is insane and i mean it's ten thousand people that follow our curator page and that 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 also is translated to a lot of basically a lot of page views is what they call them but you know we have an influence on people and what they decide to look at and our page views are over 500,000 now, which means that, you know, based on our curator reviews, we've encouraged, we've had the influence on over 5,000 store hits. And, and I know that's like, you know, stupid analytical stuff, but it's just, it's really cool to see that we've actually had that kind of influence on the strategy gaming world. So all that to say, really, and I, I know I digressed hard there, but I just, I'm really really proud of what we've done and i i do want to you know like ben said i, I want to thank everyone who's been there with us who there's been a core group of people that have stuck with us through thick and thin and it means a lot i really appreciate it so thank you and let's keep going and what was like oh yeah vicky three right so victoria three i finally got we have a copy of that and you know i as i have said before you know our, our new motto moving forward is to get it right and it doesn't matter how long it takes so I am playing as much as I can to get it right. And that means that, of course, the review is going to be later than all these like IGNs and everybody else. And that might make it less relevant, but it also will probably make it more accurate, in my opinion. So that said, I can say that, you know, like, I think a lot of people are going to be, let's, let's, I can say this. I know that I can say some very objective things because I know I've read the NDA and it basically is saying that, or the embargo, and I, I can't say anything subjectively, but objectively, I can say that it has a very thorough tutorial, maybe the most thorough and and easy to understand onboarding process I've ever seen in any game ever. So whereas before with Victoria 2, I had a difficult time getting into it, even though I did end up enjoying it. I had a hard time really enjoying it until I started watching some really thorough tutorial videos from Let's Players. This one, they have gone through extraordinary measures to make sure that the average player could understand what's going on. And I think that 
that it's going to be at the level where people talk about it and just that part pretty extensively. Yeah, that seems to be on a, since they've added this new engine with uh, CK3, um, yeah, their games seem to be a lot, lot better now where we've teaching systems to players and stuff like that. Well, with the previous engine, it was, it was almost like Lego, <laughs> you know, CK2 and uh, EU4 with all the DLCs tabbed on and stuff. So it's, it's good they've sort of moved on with this new engine now and it seems to be like benefiting them greatly. I'm amazed actually how good the the tutorial for Crusader Kings 3 was. I thought that was incredibly good too. It was so much better than the one from Crusader Kings 2, which was broken pretty much. So, you know, I, I think that I reckon Paradox, for all their flaws, you know, in the past, they must have some of the most talented people for creating, what do you call it, onboarding is what people are saying now, for creating tutorials, basically, and onboarding technology. Uh, it seemed uh, Crusader Kings 3 seemed very sophisticated to me in the way that it did it. I thought it was really good. It didn't drag. It got you to play the game and you wanted to play it more afterwards. And that, you know, what more can you want? Um, so if Vicky 3 is anywhere near as good as that, and it's going to need to be because Victoria 2 was a damn complex game in, in certain respects. It was certainly it certainly threw a lot of information at you. Uh, the only other game I can think of that's anywhere near it is like Terror Invicta. That's another one that just throws you tons of data. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if they can get that right, just like they did with CK3, it's going to be a success, I guarantee it. Yeah, it just makes you wonder um, how they were held back by using that old, what was it, Klaus something or another engine. <laughs> I think... I think they should take note that maybe they shouldn't let games be 10 years old and still developing content for it rather than just moving on to the a new engine and, you know. <laughs> because, yeah, it's, like EU4 is so long in the foot. That's the next one that needs updating, in my opinion. I don't know if it's the engine necessarily that was to blame. I think the engine had some issues and like it always seemed to be buggy for certain people. But, I mean, I, I had loads of problems with uh crusader kings 2 and ui uh, eu4 but I, I don't know if it's the clausewitz engine that was necessarily the problem i think it was just the games were so complex and they didn't really know how to teach it to people i think that was one of the big problems these are big complex sandbox games and they're not uh, I, i'm going to use this as an opportunity to segue into something by the way because i'm having a similar issue with imperium's greek wars at the moment I actually had a little bit of a lesson from Pavel, the developer at Cube Games, who is really cool, by the way. And he went out of his way to show me how to use some of the user interface things. I still think, I like the user interface in Imperiums. And I was quite surprised to hear Pavel when he said that he'd had criticism, you know, he's still getting criticism about it. And I find that a bit odd because I really like the UI. What I will say is that the game is incredibly complex, just like a Paradox game. And I think it's difficult to to really come up with a, either a user interface or a tutorial that will teach you the ins and outs of playing a game that, that is that complex. I mean, you know, like discussing Imperium specifically, I didn't realize, like I played that game before as like a, in the procedural generated 4X mode where, you know, you kind of like start with a settler and all that, right? Uh, it works quite well as that kind of game. Uh, that was mostly how I was playing it before. Now I'm um, looking at the scenarios, which play more like grand strategy games as much as they do 4x and damn is that game complicated like i'm i think i was saying to rob before this started that i'm putting it on the kind of the same kind of level as distant worlds in fact i think it might even be more complex than distant worlds um in the way that it plays so to tie this back to what we're saying about you know vicky 3 and crusader kings how do you 
how like how do you develop a game where you have a certain level of complexity without it being complicated for people to learn that's a real thing because even after getting a tutorial off pavel i was like you'll see in episodes four and five of this let's play that i'm doing for imperiums i'm still fumbling for stuff because i'm not quite sure how to get around it and i don't think that's entirely the user interface's fault i honestly think it's just because the game is so damn complex that the user interface is just really labyrinthine and big because there's just so much to do well okay if you look at ck3 for example like i played with a, a friend who's never played any paradox game before and I think what they've done really well with that is the way it sort of eases you into the game. It doesn't throw all the systems at you, because especially because you start quite small as well. I think that's that's the way you do it, where you sort of ease people into the game rather than just throwing a whole bunch of stuff and say, oh, learn all of this right away, which I think uh, Terry and Victor actually suffers from as well. So this is what I'll say, right? And I'm, I'm again, I'm going to come back to Victoria 3 because we were talking about like how do you onboard somebody with a game that's the complex like that, right? And I, I think you're going to understand how when you see Victoria 3 because not only do, I mean, I can say this again, objectively, I cannot speak, I cannot speak about like my subjective thoughts about this. I can say objectively that it's going to be something that changes the genre in general or even multiple genres. And the thing that I'm really happy about, the thing that I, I just really feel ties this this new process that that Paradox has going together in a way that no one else has done before is that not only will it show you how to do something, but it'll tell you why you're doing something. And a lot of times in a lot of games, right, you'll go and do something and you'll be like, okay, well, I'm doing that because I'm 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 supposed to, but I'm not sure why I'm supposed to. And this game goes through great measures to show you why you're doing such things. And when you start to when you start to see it and you start to understand why it is you're doing something, it helps you understand a game at a level that you don't normally understand games unless you really dig deep into things. And it, when it when it when it when it's done that, and I now that I've like I've now that I've seen this approach to tutorializing and onboarding. I just don't understand how no one's done it before. And so, and I think a game like Terra Invicta, a game like Imperium's Greek Wars, games like this could really benefit from, you know, not only a, a, a how, but why. So it's just, I don't know. It, it's just something that I think is going to, like, like I said, revolutionize tutorializing in general, especially since I think Paradox has a huge influence on strategy games, much larger than most people would know or really consider. And I'm I'm looking forward to how that'll affect strategy games moving forward. But I think Victoria 3 is going to be a gigantic release. The only concern I have is I just hope, you know, once your six, seven, eight DLCs down the line, will the game be easy for a new player to get into still? I just hope they, they sort of keep that in the back of their mind now they've got this uh, good tutorial system in place. I just hope it doesn't get, again, too complex like the older games where if you're a new player, you just don't... <laughs> you're thrown so many systems that it, again, becomes very confusing. Yeah, that's how that's where Hearts of Iron 4 is right now. That game is quite difficult to learn, I'd say, if, especially if you've got all the DLC. So, 
Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what what it is that Rob's hinting at here, and I know he's not allowed to speak about it, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna keep my eye on that. It sounds interesting. Yeah, all I had to say was too that I was trying to gather another group as I had with Terra Invicta, you know, like that superstar group, right? So I had Potato McWhiskey, which I think is a pretty well known strategy gamer and somebody who's known for doing paradox games, and I also had Jumbo Pixel and. Who else did I have? Oh yeah, um, the Bavarian guy. I forgot his name, but I had I had a, I had actually a pretty good list of people who were like interested, and I just couldn't make it happen because of the damn scheduling. With you, when you start getting, you know, like you have somebody who is in Ireland and somebody who's in Hong Kong, I think it was, and then two Americans. It was just really difficult to organize a good time, and that's you know it's unfortunate, but I think it would have been a lot of fun to deep dive on Victoria Three and. Maybe perhaps once you two, if you ever do get involved in Victoria 3, if you guys played enough, we can come back and revisit it. But there will be an opportunity, I think, at least for me to call, I'll go on like a little bit of a diatribe and, and review it from the podcast. And maybe, you know, before I even get a written one out, who knows? But yeah, there's a lot. I mean, Jaxi is asking if we're going to talk about Terra Invicta. And I think this is a good segue into Terra Invicta because, you know, with that, I think the the, the onboarding, it's funny because... The onboarding in Terra Invicta is so awful. <laughs> it's, it's surprising that it's doing so damn well. And I think that people have just been really hungry for a grand strategy game that is unique and is actually put together well. I mean, like, regardless of the fact that it's hard to understand and it's hard to figure out, Terra Invicta, you know, it works on many levels. And it's funny too, because I really just didn't think I'd like this game. And I remember having talks with Drexy really early in the beta and we were just kind of like, I don't know, man. Like I, w- I was actually disappointed that I'd put my money. That's such a lot, such a, mo- a huge amount. I mean, I put $250 into the Kickstarter and I remember just thinking that it just wasn't going to work. And now that I've watched many Let's Plays, I've had many runs. I mean, I've got 40, 48 hours or something into it. I've really have noticed that there's much more nuance to the game than I've ever expected. And quite frankly, it's it's a very difficult game. And I like that about it because I think that it's it, it's it's basically encouraged me to learn things and then restart. Learn things and restart. And as I restart, I learn more things and I get better. And it's just interesting enough to keep me doing that. And there's there's so much more to come. I mean, it's in a it's in a I mean, the very beginning of its early access phase and the six month to year early access phase could really help make this game one of the best grand strategy games ever. I can't help but wish that the team there at Pavonis had the the like art people and the budget of Paradox because as I'm playing Victoria 3 and I'm seeing like the just extraordinary detail that's on that map now, I, w- I would just wish that you could have that in Terra Invicta. But I, I really... uh. I really am just glad to see that that there's more that that not only is there more that there are more people trying the grand strategy genre and that there's more like entries into strategy in general, but that the first major and I say major because it's the first real like um, I guess like punch from Hooded Horse because the games that they've pushed out before were kind of like latecomers. And then of course, Old World, they didn't really have much input about Old World. But the the first game that Hooded Horse like really invested in and took its time 
to find and to like kind of like coddle and and bring up is is a breakout hit really it's like this underground breakout hit and that just makes me really happy for them and i think that means that there's going to be more of hooded horse i think that we're going to see hooded horse continue to like gobble up these like really interesting and unique strategy games and and i just i, I mean yeah I'll, I'll keep talking about this more i see that Drexy wants to say something so i'm gonna stop for a second sorry <laughs> it's fine uh yeah i'm in exactly the same position as you i've I, I keep starting games learning stuff and then right i'm gonna restart and sort of gradually building um my knowledge of the game but there's still some systems i'm like what all these graphs <laughs> i kind of find get get a bit lost and then i start again and okay i've sort of figured it so i'm slow so don't get me wrong i'm really enjoying the game but yeah i'm finding it uh, mechanics a bit obtuse without a tutorial for them uh, but I'm kind of enjoying like what I've said previously just trying to learn myself I've basically avoided watching any YouTube videos and I watched a, a couple but um, yeah as for the art style it doesn't bother me at all I think it's you know it does the job and I, I, I don't think they need like paradox level uh, art style the other thing is I may, I didn't really haven't really thought about it until whilst you were speaking and I've not had any bugs at all. It's it's been really actually really smooth. So I've got to give give that to them as well. I'm just hoping during this early access uh process they uh, just make the game flow a little bit better and a little bit quicker because again it's one of those games. I think my main problem is when I first saw Terry and Victor when they started uh, showing screenshots it was all space stuff. So I went into the game originally when we kickstarted it, thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to be into space really early and doing all this space combat, <laughs> which I guess for me it was a bit falsely advertised. But what they've actually put out is actually a really good game. And I'm not actually – the geopolitical side of it is still really interesting where I don't mind uh, not getting into space straight away. So, yeah, it's more like a grand strategy game rather than a space for it which I, I sort of uh, just guessed it was by looking at the screenshots <laughs> originally before they actually went into the Kickstarter. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say this real quick before Ben starts, but I, I I think it is grand strategy for the first part of it, for the first like quarter, first half of the game. And then it does become very much Space Forex because I don't want to give too much away, but as you start to explore the, inter, the interplanetary bodies of like the outside, or extraplanetary bodies, you, you there is random elements to it there are things that you're going to find that i don't want to give too much away you're just going to find things right you're going to be exploring things in new ways you're going to be settling new planets and that's where it starts to feel very much 4x and it's i mean honestly it's a it's a game that has a genre of itself and i think that i, I just really think that there's a reason why people are getting so behind it because it's doing so many cool and unique things that that are, are are very difficult in some regards to understand, but you know once you start to figure it out and once you start to like you know get this rhythm of understanding, you you really start to think, damn, there's there's depth here, and you know the, each of the factions play differently and stuff like that. So it's like you know I I don't know I, I could wax poetic about the game forever. I'm actually going to wait until early access is finished before I get back into it because I've already put fifty hours into it in the last like two weeks and i think that you know i i, I want to play a finished product i want to play a game that 
that has got everything in it because it's already it's already starting to add like new art and it's doing some balance changes and stuff and i think i'm going to come back to it but it's a game that i'm definitely going to be keeping a very close eye on well i think they've actually come up with a solution with my what i originally had a problem with uh stellaris with where i was kind of hoping it would start as a forex game and gradually as the as you expanded and played more and more it turned more into a grand strategy game and they've kind of flipped flipped it on the side but again it's sort of once you get to that sort of a late stage of the uh grand strategy thing now you've got this whole 4x element which keeps you interested so i'm really uh looking forward to getting into this game and see how it plays out and hopefully it sort of fixes this sort of um late game oh i might as well just start another another game sort of problem i have with a lot of forex games i've got some interest i've got some questions about the game design in this game however what i want to say is this it's amazing that a developer has been brave enough to try something that really blurs the genres together and you know it pushes the envelope to use that tight cliche it really does push the envelope and i've been complaining about how dry and annoying and boring 4x games have become and it's largely because of that that i've been going back and playing old games because the old games are often better than what we're getting now however terror invicta really is as fresh you know today as the original XCOM was when it came out in with regards to bl- blurring multiple genres together and you know taking you on a journey i think it's amazing that it starts out as a grand strategy game and then turns into a 4x kind of later i think it's just really interesting and it it really does feel like XCOM. I know it sounds, it's such a different game to XCOM, but it really does feel like it because it's got the same, it's got the same theme. It's got this, it doesn't have the tactical element, um, at least not on the grand strategy level, but it does have, you know, it's got, it's just got some interesting stuff and it really does feel like XCOM. So I've got to applaud the developer really for, for trying something new and brave. And as I'm looking at the Steam, uh, the, the community page on Steam, we've currently got, I mean, at four in the morning, uh, nearly 6,000 players, so that's really good for a strategy game on Steam. That's, you know, for a sort of indie game. So I think that's that's pretty damn impressive. They're doing really, really well. I've I've only played about four hours of it myself. I think I want to know whether all those numbers actually do something. That's the thing that I want to know. You know, there's so much stuff you can fiddle with in that game. You know, and like different missions and all these statistics for the, all the, you know, the different countries. What I want to know is, does the AI use it all? Um, and does it, you know... If I kind of go with one fine detail over another fine detail, does it make a significant difference in things? Um, because it, at the moment, it looks very deep, but I want to know if it really is or not. But it seems to me that other people think, yes, it is deep. I mean, there's currently like 5,500 people enjoying it, and that's not going to be 5,500 idiots, you know? So I think I need to play it more to make my own judgment on it. But at least from what I've seen so far, I like. Yeah, I think it's going to be a game that a lot of grand strategy game fans are going to be talking about for some time and i'm i'm eager to see how it ends up crossing the finish line and then more importantly maybe not more importantly just as importantly just as exciting is what pavonis does after this and what hoarded horse does really i mean like i was going to go into this because you know i don't know if you guys were kind of following the 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 hype around manor lords too which is another hooded horse published game and manor lords being like this survival type city builder like much in the way of like banished or falling frontier and it was it was already kind of like you know generating a lot of hype prior to this past steam fest and then the steam fest released a demo 
And it was the first time anyone's ever gotten to play this game. And there were people that were playing it like literally because you couldn't save it and literally leaving their their computers on for like 24 hours at a time so that they could just keep playing this game. And I played the demo. I was extraordinarily wowed by it. It was like it's, the insane part is that it's made by one guy. I mean, he does some like he gets some some contractors coming in for some of the, the stuff that he can't handle, but he's doing most of the graphics himself and all of the gameplay, all the programming. And you, I, if you guys haven't seen this, you need to look at it. It's extraordinary. And the feedback from the demo was, holy shit, give me this game now. And it went from like the 11th most, most wishlisted game on Steam to like number six. And that's just something that's insane for somebody who's a solo developer. And it's just a credit again to Hooded Horse's ability to pick up on games that you know, that work well and that will fit into this new like strategy of strategy <laughs> that they have. So we have a, a, a an interview coming up with Tim from Hooded Horse. It was supposed to be tonight. Unfortunately, we've had to reschedule, but we will have one soon. And I think it'll be interesting to kind of see like what, what's going on behind the scenes, his thought processes and how he's picking out these games, because, you know, for the games he's got already and the ones that have already released and some of the ones that have yet to be released, there is just an extraordinary amount of excitement for them. And, you know, I, I, I just, I'm kind of in awe really. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just looking at the stuff that they're releasing and everything seems quite different, you know, and all the games look quite unique and sort of original as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, this is, this is an interesting, interesting company to watch it does remind me very much of micro micro pros back in the day um except a little bit less focused on the you know the sort of simulation stuff so yeah i mean hooded horse are they're smashing it and i just hope that the games that they are releasing all turn out to be you know quite as good as terror and victor because yeah they've, they've got some really cool stuff i mean they've got f uh, fragile existence that looks like it's going to be really interesting uh yeah. fated deum they've got um chris park's new thing sorry chris mckelligot park's new thing heart of the machine um is that, that that's his game isn't it yeah and then they've yeah, also got it's, falling frontier which is a game that i think everybody's been hyped up for falling so. frontier yeah there's clan folk so and oh, nebulous fleet command as well is now hooded horse yeah and I've that's, got, it's done very well on steam too yeah i've i've got i've got a copy of that i've yet to play it actually but some of my buddies play it and apparently it's a really good multiplayer game so yeah i mean and that's unusual as well it's another unusual game so they seem to have kind of cornered the market on sort of quirky indie games that are also really well produced i think that's probably a fair way of looking at it yeah i mean but that's how how microprose was right back in the day they were they it's not that i don't think they were seeking out that type of game but they just seemed to always have games that they were putting out that were unique and that hadn't been done before and were damn good strategy games and I look back on my time. I mean, like we were just talking about this too, not too long ago, but like, you know, you have Micropose and you start to look at the games that they published back then. And these are games that we're still playing in some form today, either through remakes or through iterations. And, you know, that was freaking 30 years ago. So, I mean, 30 plus years ago and in most regards. And I think that that same style, that same mindset is what hooded horse and tim bender and all them have have kind of encapsulated so i'm really excited to see what they continue to pick up and the next game i think they've got is against the storm which is a game that we talked about at length in another podcast and i think we all we all talked about it we all hey didn't yeah, it's we? an interview with the devs as well yeah, yeah that's right 
and we all kind of we all sat down and talked about it beforehand or afterhand or whatever. And that's a game that we were pretty impressed by. It was yeah, that, we all liked it. We, yeah, we all roguelite. had positive things to say about it. Yeah, it was that roguelite ish city builder where you know you're not even city builder, kind of like village builder. And even early in its early access period, we were impressed. I would like, I'd love to go back to it now. It's about to release here in November, so I'd like well, to see. You can it. play on Epic, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited to see just how far that's come and you know the progress that's been made. So yeah, there's just there's so much going on in the strategy realm and the strategy game world really right now. And I am personally playing. There's a closed beta for the new Humankind expansion that's coming out in November as well. And they chose people from their their forums and stuff to to play that. And you know, I'll, I'll say that that's interesting. I won't say anymore. But I think people who enjoyed Humankind will definitely want to keep an eye on that one because it's doing some pretty cool things. And, you know, there's also a few other games that were on our list and stuff that are also, you know, either going to be coming out soon or in some form soon, like Revival Recolonization should be coming out in its early access period sometime in, I think, I think it was November, but it's definitely in 2022. And then even more recently for me, I was just right before we did this podcast, I was playing the Pegasus Expedition in its early access form. and. I'm I'm telling you, like, there's not enough people talking about that game. I'm having an absolute blast with it. And I just, there's, there's, you know, there's enough depth there that it's keeping me interested and it's making me or forcing me to make interesting decisions. And there's this narrative backstory that that's kind of like keeping it all together that I'm really enjoying. So, and that's kind of, I mean, right now that's what I'm playing. I'm playing the pegasus expedition in its early access form and there will be videos that come out for that because i think more people need to be watching that and more people need to be interested in that and you know as i go through i think we should talk about what we're playing here i'm gonna go through my profile here because i've been playing so much that i've really kind of forgotten victoria 3 i've got some hours in it now i you know honestly it took me a bit even with the tutorials to kind of figure out what the hell is going on but now that i'm starting to figure out what the hell is going on i'm really enjoying it and I, I picked up a lot of the Steam demos. I don't know if you guys did that, but I picked up this tactical RPG for superheroes called Capes, which if you guys, did you guys ever play Freedom Force back in the day? No, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I played a bit. I, I really, it's actually one game I need to go back to. <laughs> yeah, so Freedom Force, it's, it reminds me a lot of that, only it's better, it, not better. It's It's clearly more modern but i like the art style better in capes is what it's called and i put up a video so that video should be coming out soon and i tried out that demo i also tried out the mana lords demo like i was saying oh my god holy shit that game is going to be something pretty special and the inkalunati which is like this like 2d tactics game where you're drawing your characters on paper or like on parch parchment and you're like fighting them out it's really it's you it's super unique and i actually backed it on kickstarter so i've been able to play that a bit and there, there's so many demos that i i can't even i like star deus like xenonauts 2 i played all of them at great houses of calderia like i played i played all the demos that i could during steam fest and the tacticon stuff that i really just i got a good feel for the games that i'm looking forward to most moving forward so and then finally 
I was pl- playing Last Eidolons for the YouTube channel, and that has been received pretty well critically. It's not like super well. There's been some people who, you know, I think rightfully have some qualms with it, but it's a really good game from an indie team that's never made a game before. And it's also kind of just like your a Western take on the Fire Emblem series. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying myself. And the story is good enough that, from what I understand, it actually gets better. But it's good enough now that I'm still interested in playing it and I want to see it through. But from what I'm being told by some people and some reviews that like halfway through a pretty big, you know, like uh, turn of events happens and it makes the game way more interesting. So, yeah, that's what I've been playing. What about you, Ben? What have you been playing? Uh, Okay, so what have I been playing? I've been playing Emperor of the Fading Suns Enhanced, which was released about a week ago. So this is, you know, the, the old game. The old 4X game based on the Fading Suns RPG uh, by Holistic Design it came out in, I think it was 25 years ago, wasn't it? So whatever 25 years ago it was, 97, I think. Um, it's really, really, really good. It's much. Be- it's in a much better place now than it was because the AI seems to play a little bit better. They've fixed all the bugs and, it, you know, they've made it so that the game just gels well together now. And yeah, I'm, I've been having a blast with that. Actually, that I got about four hours into uh into Terra Invicta and then and then that game was released and I played that instead and I couldn't put it down to be honest so I, that's one of the reasons why I've not played Terra Invicta so and I'm actually I've actually arranged an, an interview with Andrew Greenberg from Holistic Designs who's an interesting guy he actually worked for White Wolf Publishing Publishing uh, he worked on the original Vampire the Masquerade RPG and uh, Werewolf as well so he's got a real interesting pedigree when it comes to game design and Emperor of the Fading Suns if you don't know anything about it, go and read Oliver Mesmorki's um, Explorminate article on it because it sums it up pretty well. It's a really, really fascinating game with some incredibly good, like unique game design decisions, which really, I don't know why other games didn't kind of look at it to to take the 4X genre in that direction because it's just so interesting. So um, once I've finished the game, I'm actually going to talk to Andrew and then I'm probably going to do a Let's Play, uh, for, probably for the channel and uh, people can have a look at it because it is really really cool it's um they've actually made it so that now modding is much better for it as well because a lot of people like to play mods with it so that was the main in- uh, incentive i believe for actually bringing out this enhanced version the uh, modding tools are much better so any of you who've played it with like emperor wars mod or reality mod all of that stuff is still going to be there and you'll be able to you know it'll just be loads better uh, the other thing i've been playing a lot is I'm still playing loads of Battletech with Mega Mech, so I'm really, really into Battletech at the moment, and I've just been playing that. So, and I've also been playing Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries, which I'm just absolutely in love with too. So, loads of like big stompy robot shooty stuff, um, and then yeah, Terror Invicta. I'm I'm going to actually play that after we get off this podcast because I've got excited about playing it again, and uh, I'm also playing Imperium's Greek Wars because I really need to learn that game quite thoroughly so that I could do a proper let's play. But that game is delighting me. I think it's amazing. Um, it's just like the more I play it, the better I realize it is, but it's just, it's also complex. So it's one of those things where I know that I'm kind of getting myself into a bit of a rabbit hole with, and that's about it guys. Yeah. So for me again, yeah. Terry and Victor, I've been playing. I really need to get back to that. <laughs> uh, I mentioned shadow empires via Daz. Um, <clears throat> the other games I've been playing is uh, I played a bit of songs of conquest, which I think you Ben, turn me on to which is kind of like a heroes of magic yeah yeah so <laughs> what was that side didn't he i just said who's you bend 
Sorry, it's a really bad joke. <laughs> uh, yes, it was me. Uh, Songs of Conquest is wicked, man. Like, a, yeah, just a really well executed Heroes of Mike and Magic 3 clone, basically, but it's super well done. Anyway, over to you. Yeah, um, I did buy that Brigadine as well. Is is that the one you, you've been playing as well? So yeah. yeah, yeah. I need to get around game. to playing that. Uh, the problem is I've finally stopped playing Path of Exile. So I started playing all these games. Ah, and then my friends dragged me into playing Overwatch 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, what you like, man. <laughs> I know. But, you know, when you got friends that want to play games and they bug you to play, you got to play it right. <laughs> yeah, it's but, funny, too, because I just, I just fired up Overwatch 2 because I really enjoyed Overwatch 1 and then got out of the meta and figured it, since it's free to play, I'd fire it up and... I didn't realize there's like a billion heroes now. There's like 30 something heroes. And I, yeah. I think there's only like half of that when I last played. Yeah. So. I mean, they've only added one. It's Overwatch 2 is basically Overwatch 1, really. But you've got one less player on the team. Before you had two tanks, two supports, and two damage dealers. Now you can only have one tank. The actual two part of it, which is supposed to be a PVE thing, hasn't even been released. So, which I'm not even interested in. But yeah, it's it's not really. I don't really like first person shoes anymore. But because I'm playing with guys I've played for with uh, for twenty years, basically all my old Quake pals, <laughs> it's kind of nice just to play with them all again in that sort of team play style game. So yeah, but hopefully I can sort of um, you know, calm down on that and get back to other games for escape. <laughs> I'm just so jealous of you that you've got friends to play those kind of games with. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I'm jealous too. I, I don't have friends. So the, the idea of playing video games with friends is, I mean, that's it's it's probably been 30 years and I'm not exaggerating. Well, anytime you want to play anything, let me know. But yeah, I mean, wow, there's, I, I kind of went into this thinking that we were just going to talk and figure out you know, like maybe talk long enough that we were going to run out of things to talk about, but I feel like we could keep talking. <laughs> like there's just so much, but yeah, I mean, I, it's funny too. Oh yeah. You know what? Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause I thought that we were going to talk about this stuff for a while and then run out of things to say. And then we, you know, like just wrap things up, but I feel like we could keep talking. And then you just mentioned the RimWorld DLC, which is Yet another thing that we could talk about because uh, RimWorld's a game that I have gone to a few times and have bounced off of really hard, but I know that there's a game there that I want to play, and I just need to, I need to like basically just give myself the amount of time to learn it and to, you know, just really dive into it, just like just like every other freaking game at this point. But then they come out with these DLC. Like I know the Royal one wasn't like super well received. But this one looks like everybody's like super excited about it, mechanoids or whatever it is. And I just I, I really want to I want to like start playing the, the vanilla version of it, get better at it, get good at it so that I can prepare myself for this next DLC. But God damn, like there's if there's one thing I could do, like if there's this like if I had a genie and he gave me three wishes, I would just wish for more time. Like I would want more time and like maybe even just the have the ability to like freeze time for like four hours a day. So I could play video games for four hours a day. Yeah, that's a big problem. <laughs> we've we've picked a genre of games where you need to dedicate quite a lot of time to play. Whilst we've yeah, like I'm saying, things like Overwatch and Path of Exile, you don't 
you can just dedicate as much time as you can really and still get some enjoyment out of it. The problem with 4X games really is not only the time, it's the focus as well you need, which I, I kind of struggle with at my age. <laughs> yeah, I'll say about RimWorld, it's, I think, Rob, the best way to approach it is just know that it's one of those games you can turn it on and you can play it for like 15 minutes or 20 minutes and get some fun out of it. Um, but you don't have to commit tons of time to it. But beware, because 15 minutes can turn into like three or four hours very, very easily. I remember when I first, I showed my girlfriend uh, RimWorld and um, like she's got this problem where when she plays video games, if she gets into it, which she does quite easily, she'll just play for days. And um, I think I've already told the anecdotes of me when I when, when I, uh, got, I gave her a copy of uh, Witcher 3 and I came in one day after I'd been out all day and she was asleep on the sofa and Geralt was running around in circles because her hand was like falling asleep on the uh, on the control pad. But like she played RimWorld, got some ridiculous amount of hours in it. Like I've got 150 hours in the game. I reckon about 75 were the missus while she was just like and she's going i've got to stop playing this game man i've got to stop playing this game too it's so addictive so yeah just be a bit careful with it because it's it's a wonderful wonderful game and if you and if you just lean into the fact that you're not always supposed to win you know it's it's meant to be a story simulator rather than a game to some extent uh but consequently you can still get good at it as well you know you can get good at the strategy side of it but just be aware that it is, it's like Dwarf Fortress. You are supposed to fail eventually. And it's just seeing how far you can get. So that's the best way to approach Wim World if you've not really got into it yet, I think. Yeah, that'll be something I definitely want to get into. And I, I'm sure I will because, yeah, that's, that's like you said, I think that's the kind of game that you could like jump into for 15, 20 minutes and jump out of. And that's a game that I need because the, those kind of games, like I think that's what it, I mean, that's, I think that's why I like strategy games in general, really. Is that I can get into a game, you know, be, be whatever, even AI War 2 for that matter. I just jumped into it for 20 minutes the other day to see where it was at because I know that there's been a lot of updates and I I almost got sucked back into that too. And I was like, oh God, okay. It was like, you know, I, I figured I'd fire up for like five minutes to see what the new UI looked like and some of the new like changes to gameplay were, were you know, how they were affecting things and how the new map generation was looking. And then the next thing I know, I'm, I'm, starting to con like you know conquer neighboring systems and setting up defenses and i'm like god damn it i'm back into it and now i keep wanting to go back to, to ai war 2 there's ugh, so many i like i said if i could just if i could just have a genie that allowed me to stop time yeah but it might end up being like some monkey's paw situation where you make your wish and then you just you'll turn into a mouse mat or something (laughs) (laughs) i know time time stops for four hours but i yeah i'm a freaking like headless monkey or something like that instead so (laughs) it's like (laughs) that would suck but yeah i get to spend you know every four hours that i i i I stop i i I spend it like you know peeing in the entire time or something like that like unable to stop (laughs) peeing (laughs) it's the longest four hours yeah there you go (laughs) hey well it's been a lot of fun i i really i think this is the new format moving forward i really enjoy just the discussion on video games and maybe the less like the less structured versions they they flow better and i'm i'm, I'm curious to know like what the audience thinks i mean one of you five or six thousand people who are listening reach out to us on our on our website or even through anchor because if you go to anchor.fm backslash explominate you can leave us messages and i would love to hear like a recorded message from somebody who likes what we do and would give us feedback you can actually we can actually put that inside our podcast too. So 
if that's something you guys would want to do, I would love to see or hear that. And I'm just curious to know if this format works for you guys because it works for me. I'm having more fun, I think. So me, me too. Know. I really, I really like this format a lot. I think it's it's just kind of like more natural, isn't it? But it doesn't mean we can't do the other stuff too. I just think this is like you know, if we know we've got this to do, it's just like hanging out with your mates, isn't it? I think I said this before. Like you, like it's. I think sometimes when you've got a, a very structured thing to do, sometimes you can be a bit like, oh, I've got to do this work. Whereas if you're just hanging out with your mates, chatting about games, that's fun, right? And it's easier for us to want to get together and do it, I think. Yeah, I mean, an hour plus went by very quickly. <laughs> I was like, it's not one of those things where I was like struggling to ever feel like I needed to talk about something. Whereas sometimes when we do like topic discussions, I like I feel like I have to think of something. But this works well. I mean, I still want to do topic discussions, right? And I still think that like there's going to be room and time and and an audience for the kind of show that we did with like Terra Invicta or like a group where we discuss a, like a particular mechanic of Forex or whatever it is that we're going to do. But I do think these free form kind of like more natural conversations are, are more fun. So hopefully you guys do too. And if you don't let us know, and if you do let us know. Yeah, I definitely think you should get some people who are smarter than me and Ben. <laughs> I'm for Vicky free because <laughs> I really enjoyed the term. The fact that I wasn't on there as well, so I could actually listen to it. I really enjoyed that Terra and Victor podcast you did with the guys. So, yeah, yeah you should do cool, that man. again with Vicky free. I like to think of myself as being quite clever, but when I started playing Imperiums and and then just kind of like just I don't know, well, I don't know what the politically correct term is for it, but just kind of just fudging around, not being able to do what I really wanted to do, and it just made me feel like I was really stupid. <laughs> It's like, thanks, Pavel. You've made a game that makes me feel really thick. <laughs> Same with Terror and Victor as well. <laughs> deceptively, like, difficult, right? Like, I went into Imperiums myself thinking it was just another 4X game. And lo and behold, like, I was starting to run into, like, happiness issues, like, immediately. And I'm like, why are people unhappy with me? And then I was like... Uh, but what do I even build here? And like, I'm building stuff. And like, I knew that, like I went through the tutorial. So I understood like a, a general idea or basic idea of what the game was about. But like, I just feel like I was immediately running into like soft locks that I didn't know how to overcome. And I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's one of the very first games that I've, I've gone into thinking that I knew well enough and realized quickly that I didn't know a damn thing. Well, I think it's pretending to be a 4X game when it's actually a, a mix of 4X and Grand Strategy. I think that's part of the issue. And the other thing is that the the, the tutorial is really good, um, but then it kind of throws you in at the deep end with these big historical scenarios where you're surrounded with opponents and you've got to trade with them and make diplomatic alliances to survive, basically. And so if you don't know something about the historical period or whatever, it can be... I don't know. It's just it's daunting, but at the same time, it's you know how you were talking about Terra and Victor saying, "I just feel like it's great because I'm working it out," and I kind of I'm getting that with I'm getting that with Terra and Victor myself actually, but I'm also getting it with Imperiums too. And that feeling that I had, which was why I loved Shadow Empire so much, because it was a little bit unknown and nobody really knew much about it, or very few people had played it, and I was just trying to figure out this vast kind of deep labyrinthine game. I think for games to be like that and to grab you like that is, it, it has to be a good game, you know? I think, you know, Imperiums has certainly got uh, complexity issues, I, I've got to say. And I didn't realize it was as complex as it is until I've been playing it quite deeply over the last few days. But uh, now now I'm aware of what kind of game it is. I can approach it in a different way. And I think, Rob, you've hit the nail on the head. Like, trying to approach it thinking that you're a, a 4X veteran ain't going to get you anywhere in that game at all. 
Yeah, I think we're in a really interesting time where we've got games that are bringing uh, new mechanics and stuff rather than, oh, it's a Moo game or, oh, it's a Civ type game. And we kind of know how to play them again. We're suddenly getting this sort of a, loads of games that are actually quite original and interesting things where you actually have to learn the game rather than, oh, yeah, I kind of know how to play this game. I've sort of had it had this played this sort of game before which we had for many years uh so yeah um yeah i'm getting interested again in forex and strategy games which is a good thing well anything that can take you away from path of exile is good <laughs> it's like it's got it's got to be cheaper than the 12 step path or whatever <laughs> get alcoholics anonymous <laughs> yeah. that's, don't worry, that's... there'll be a new season in december so i'll be gone again I know that's part of the problem is I think the season was just not a very good season. And so I think that's the only reason we've seen Drexy. But all right, well, this has probably gone on too long. And but it's been a lot of fun. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened. And again, I'm just really hopeful that someone out there will be like, you know what, I will take Rob up on his offer and I will get on anchor.fm backslash explominate. And I'll leave them a damn message telling them what I think about this and what, what, you know, just any kind of feedback. It's insane to me that we've just had that many people listening to the show. And until it was on the podcast, no one was actually saying anything. But on the podcast, like a shit ton of people were like, hey, this podcast is pretty rad. And I'm like, yeah, you should come listen to the rest of them. And now that we have maybe a larger audience, I'd like to hear what people think of like just the flow direction, right? Just, just, just let us know. Rob, how are you feeling about putting some of these up on YouTube? Was that is that a good thing to do, or do you think it's diluting the audience too much? Or I think it works out well. I think I I was actually really surprised that we had so many people listen to it on both YouTube and Anchor. I don't think it's diluted at all. So I'm gonna try to see what it'll be like, how it'll work out for us to just put the regular shows on YouTube with some gameplay and stuff in the background and stuff that's relevant to the conversation. You know, I won't, I won't spend too much time editing it, but like, you know, if we're talking about Terra Invicta, throw some Terra Invicta gameplay in the background. And, and if there's some discussion of Victoria, you know, put some Victoria, that, that kind of thing. But I won't waste too much time because I don't think people really watch a podcast as much as they may throw it on YouTube and listen to it. So I'm going to see what it's like. We're going to do that. We're going to start putting it on YouTube. So if YouTube is your preferred method, or if you just like want to throw it on your computer while you're listening to work, you know, and YouTube's the best way to do it, then throw it there. We'll try it. We'll try to see how it works out for us. Yeah. I mean, I listen to podcasts on YouTube as well. I think with that one as well, because you had a bunch of YouTubers as well, you sort of got a new audience from, from their channel as well, who came over to watch it as well. But hopefully I think the main podcast should do quite well as well. So yeah we'll find out anyways thanks for listening this was the 46th episode of the reboot which i'm really excited about because there was like another two i think we were at like 150 or 160 before we rebooted the podcast and so that means basically we've been pretty good at, at staying pretty consistent I mean, we've had a couple breaks here and there but like 46 we've done that and we've had a lot of special episodes and stuff too and interview episodes that don't count so yeah that's where we're at but anyways thanks for listening this is rob ben and drexy for explominate until next time keep exploring see you later rob
Bye, Drexy. I'm not doing it. Okay. (laughs) Bye, guys.